1: without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from Rust-Oleum. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wegovy and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss.
2: I will say this about investing. Everything you do learn is cumulative. What I learned at 20 is you
1: Well welcome back to another episode of Equity Mates, a podcast where we follow our journey of investing. And whether you're an absolute beginner or approaching Warren Buffett status, our aim is to help break down your barriers from beginning to dividend. Now, while we are licensed, we are not aware of your financial circumstances. So any information on this show is for entertainment and education purposes only. Any advice is general. If you are joining us for the first time as well, we do have a podcast called Get Started Investing, which will help you get to up to speed with all of the basics. However, let's crack on. My name is Bryce and back in the studio after losing his voice is Ren. How are you? I'm very good, Bryce. I am back. You've got a strepsil in your in your mouth.
0: I just finished it, um, <laughs> but yeah, look, I lost my voice for a few days there. Yeah, not great. Yeah, I um, heard it
1: in Monday's episode with Joey.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, as you can hear, I'm back and better than ever.
1: <laughs> I wouldn't say that, but oh, you've, you <laughs> you've impro- you're you're on the mend. You've improved. So in today's episode, we're going to have a bit of a chat through what's been happening in markets over the last few months. Uh, I don't know about you, Ren, but uh, I didn't check my portfolio once while I was overseas. So it was... Uh you know what? I didn't check
0: my portfolio once, but there were two instances where I was reminded of my portfolio. Okay. Uh we get paid here on a Monday here at Equity Mates. Yes. And uh, even while we were overseas, I got the comeback notification that money hit my account. Nice. And then on Tuesday, I got a notification from my broker that it had received money without me doing anything. Because I've got that automatic transfer set up. That was a Tuesday. And then on a Wednesday, I got about five text messages in a row at about 10 a.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time. Uh, As the market opened and my broker auto invested for me without having to do anything.
1: Nice. Good reminders. The power of auto investing. The power of auto investing. I actually got some reminders this morning as well. Um, All of my, a lot of my, over the weekend, I dumped a bunch of cash into super. Well, not dumped some in, but I had some sitting in super. And so I've made my investments. Um, I forgot that it was part of super and I was like, wow, I must have been pissed I've invested. (laughs) Wow, I didn't, what was I doing? And then I realised oh, I was in super, that makes sense. Because it was, yes, into some, uh, at, a, at a size that I wouldn't normally invest outside of super, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I okay, got yeah. Oh, nice, there you go. So that was nice, all came through this morning. But it's good that you can sit there and have a beer on the weekend and put some uh, put some auto invests on.
0: Well, yeah, you didn't auto invest, you just invested.
1: Yeah, well, I actually had a look at my auto invests because um trying to buy a house. Weren't
0: a you away with Harriet, your wife, this weekend?
1: Yeah, we sit down and look at our <laughs> trades. <laughs> That's what we do. <laughs> nah, it's good. It's good. Anyway, so um, yeah, have a chit chat about um, what's going on in markets. Uh, there's obviously a bit of an AI bubble kicking around at the moment. So we're going to have a chat about some of the companies there. And then on the second half of this episode, Ren, while you're away, I sat down with my mentor, Henry Jennings from Marcus Today to continue on with, uh, with our sessions with him. With the idea of building a bit of a universe of stocks uh, based on some of the things that I'd seen pop up in the news, uh, so some stick around for that as we specifically d- dig into some of the companies that are benefiting from the rise in AI stocks, both here and over in the states.
0: Isn't it just any company that says they're an AI stock now?
1: Well, now Tem- you've just you've just <laughs> you've just ruined my cliffhanger.
0: <laughs> Temple and Webster, we sell furniture with AI. <laughs> I know it's
1: ridiculous. That is that is one Temple and Webster. I could couldn't believe it there's a couple here in australia that are doing that it reminds me of um it was web 3 specifically we had this about 18 months ago anyone who said they were they were in web 3 or crypto was one as well anyone who said blockchain you have these moments where these technologies become very mainstream they get mainstream attention and and then companies try and fold them into investor presentations or strategic updates in a way to get a bit of a, a, a share price bump.
0: The most ridiculous one, one that I don't think will ever be beaten, uh, Long Island Iced Tea was called Long Island Beverages or something like that. They changed their name to Long Island Blockchain Corporation and now they're just Long Blockchain Corp. Actually? Yeah. But they they then, Long Blockchain Corp, listed over in the US, I'm pretty sure, maybe not listed anymore actually, but was listed, Uh, it has a wholly owned subsidiary that creates Long Island Iced Tea. Wow.
1: Yeah. What did she up? I know.
0: Ridiculous. (laughs) So anyway, that's what, expect that to happen with AI. Yeah,
1: I mean, it's happening. And so obviously the big news that really kicks things off was when uh, NVIDIA Two weeks ago, or thereabouts, three weeks ago, probably by the time this is released, but three three weeks ago, um, updated the market on some of their on, on their results, and it was well above expectations. Mm. And as such, put on almost two hundred billion dollars in market cap in one day. Yeah. and I think now they're a trillion dollar company, one yeah, like the ninth yeah. company to do so, and it really brought into focus the 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 impact that ChatGPT and these huge learning AI models is having on. Com- the demand for computing power and um and chips hence why nvidia has b- benefited significantly from an uplift in demand yeah but it's meant now everyone's done the whole we need to find the next nvidia yeah yeah and he's now searching for companies that are not directly in ai but are in the ecosystem yeah. of ai you've got next ec here in australia which is like a. Computer data centers, centers. megaport. You've got megaport. You've got companies like Adobe overseas who are now integrating AI into their Photoshop, which is epic. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah.
0: Like that is legit. Um, There's in Australia. Appen is another one that was a darling for a while, making data sets that uh, the big tech companies trained their AI um, on, and then Appen really fell out of favour. But it's down
1: ninety percent since it's high. Yeah, wow. From Forty dollars down to two. Yeah,
0: <laughs> but then that's a customer concentration risk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they're with Facebook. I think like yeah, Facebook, Amazon, and mm. yeah, mm. Um, but they've come back in a big way.
1: Mm. Massive. Yeah. So yeah, what we're seeing, Ren, I think is um, yeah, a lot a lot of stocks getting sort of caught up in this.
0: So we mentioned Temple and Webster, who. Said uh, they were integrating AI and they were up, they're up like what 20% since they said that. Mm. Uh, Online furniture retailer. The two main things they're using AI for are uh, help center chatbots and like helping. Uh, respond to queries and also to re using ChatGPT or something similar to rewrite all their product descriptions.
1: Oh, yeah, okay.
0: It doesn't f- really feel like, like a transformational business <laughs> step, but good on you. <laughs> the um, Combank uh, have claimed to be the biggest corporate user of AI in the country. Uh, and they, since I think 2016, have been using AI mainly again in their customer service center. But the funniest one and the one that I don't quite understand yet is the micro-investing app, Doe, mm. who put a, a release out to the market in early April claiming that they were the first micro-investing app to integrate Chat GPT. Do I it how? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Market news.
1: Market news. <laughs> <laughs> They're just trying to... Yeah, it, it's, it's interesting. But uh, Doe, I don't think, got quite the bump that... Um, Temple and Webster. Temple got. And Webster got, yeah.
0: Arguably, they went too early. Like if they had, no. if they had released that announcement post Nvidia's big um, true big bump, maybe people would have been more excited. True. But look, the long and the short of it is the AI bubble is here. Mm-hmm. Do not get swept up in it. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> everyone is going to be every startup is going to be putting AI in their pitch deck. I was actually speaking to a VC this morning and I was asking him, has it started coming yet? And he was saying, we haven't seen any great AI plays, but we're seeing it in pitch decks. Yeah. And I said, have you thought about an AI-enabled finance podcast? <laughs> 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 um, yeah, it, it's really important that much like the crypto, um, much like the Web3 and the blockchain boom before it, much like the SaaS boom, there are going to be real companies that come out of here and then there are going to be a lot of companies that try and ride that tailwind Yeah, as well.
1: it's a good time to comment, Ren, because um, this is what I focus on with Henry in my session. Part of my session is how do you actually play a moment like this where there's strong sen- sentiment for a sector? Um, and he's got some interesting comments, but we'll leave it there. I just would, would say, though, that um, this is a moment. So Fang Plus, the equal-weighted...
0: Global X ETF. ETF.
1: This is where equal weight come into play because it has NVIDIA in it and NVIDIA absolutely has obviously gone gangbusters. And so the performance of Fang Plus over the last, I think year to date, it's up almost 50%. Um, And it's also got the likes of Facebook in there, which is up almost 200% since its bottom. Um, So it's just a... Oh, I think actually, FANG plus seventy percent year to date. I actually don't think that
0: logic is right, though. Why not? Because it's just that there's ten stocks in there, so each of them are ten percent. But like,
1: yeah, but the impact Ma- of Nvidia is
0: massive. Like, you want you want the Microsoft, it is now. Google, and it was eight hundred billion before it added two hundred billion.
1: Yeah, but if it wasn't as uh, like, I think like five or six companies above it would have had way more of a like yeah, a- like Google and yeah, yeah Apple yeah. and.
0: Microsoft, yeah. who yeah. have all done incredibly well this year as yeah, well. Yeah, killed it. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. Like if, it's an argument for
1: concentrated exposure. Yeah, well, I mean, if you just owned NVIDIA. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah, I, I know what you're saying. Like, um, It's
1: concentrated, but also like... Yeah,
0: sorry, I guess what I'm saying is don't think that like an equal weight S&P 500 is better yeah, here yeah, yeah. than a market cap weighted S&P 500 because a market cap weighted S&P 500 would have more alphabet, more microsoft, more nvidia than an equal weight S&P 500.
1: All right, well, <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's, let's uh, so let's have a look at what else has happened this year in markets because we started the year a bit pessimistic.
0: Yeah. Let's go back to the start of the year because y- you kind of forget. Yeah. Y- it's y- You forget very quickly. But at the start of the year, we had come off a really rough 2022. Interest rates were up. Inflation was up. House prices were down. Stock markets were down. The tech sell-off had been brutal. And everyone was very pessimistic. It was like- We can guarantee a 2023 recession. The stock market's going to fall further. Jeremy Grantham, our favorite perma bear. I was actually having a look at some uh, stock market predictions for an Instagram post um, and he had predicted a 50% fall in the stock market in 2023. Mm. Like sentiment was really low. So five months in, we're at the start of June. How has that played out?
1: Well, not as bad as everyone thought, Ren. So for Australia the ASX 200 is up 2% year to date. We've got the uh, the US S&P 500 up 9%. Europe stocks 600 is up 5%. Okay. Love to see. I'm hearing a lot of ups. The TSX 60 is flat. Wh- which one's the TSX? Canada. Canada is up 6, is flat. Mm. Uh, the, the UK FTSE 100, down 1%. No surprises <laughs> <fair>. <laughs> Although there's some been some pretty good performing companies within their FTSE. Uh, the CSI, the chi- China, CSI 300, down 2%. Now, the Nifty 50 up 2%, love to see it. That was part of my bold predictions, That's I India. think. India. Yeah. yeah, the India Nifty 50. However, the best performer for the year-to-date goes to none other than a, than a country that has been battered and bruised for almost three decades. Yeah. <laughs> Japan, the Nikkei 225 is
0: up 20%. Up 20%? Year to date,
1: yeah, it was a, I think it hit, if not got very, very close to a 30-year high. Um, not yeah, too, not too okay. long ago, there
0: was an article that I saw this morning that Japan's also hit its lowest birth rate ever. Jeez. So it keeps breaking records on the downside that way as well. Jeez, that's not good.
1: So I guess where where does that leave us for the rest of the year?
0: <laughs> well, I think the first thing is reflecting on where we entered twenty twenty three and the headlines and the predictions at the time and how negative the sentiment was. It's such a reminder of even the best investors in the world and the best investment banks in the world suffer from a massive case of recency bias. Mm. And there's been a lot of academic studies on that, that if the previous year was good, predictions are generally that the next year will be good as well. And similarly, if the previous year was bad, uh, predictions are that the next year will be bad as well. And often it's wrong because the stock market will revert to the mean a lot of times and it's just a real reminder that we went through a really tough period but the stock market gets through it and we might have a tough period to close out the year we're definitely not out of the woods a lot of countries around the world are in recession or are going to be in recession inflation still high interest rates are rising cost of living crunch like there's a lot of things to be worried about but it's just a reminder that like these 50 percent catastrophic market crashes that Jeremy Grantham seems to predict every few years they really happen yeah
1: I'm actually just looking at some of the bold predictions we made and we're going to do an episode on this coming up where we review midway through Crying. the year I'm <laughs> not going to reveal them because we'll save it for that episode but um good to good to see Ren that you and I both weren't part of the negative bear.
0: What did we say? We'll leave it for the episode. Oh no! Come on, just don't (laughs) be a tease. Just tell us. (laughs) Uh,
1: So, well, I'm not actually sure. I can't find yours, but I've said that I think it'll be a positive year. Not amazing. Sideways. Australia three percent average. Australia three percent up. US two percent up. Okay. Yeah.
0: Pretty, pretty good.
1: Jay that's good.
0: Yeah, you, you know, the AI bubble pops towards the end of the year, America's 9% comes back in, you're bang on.
1: <laughs> we do have bold, uh, not only bold predictions, but stock of the year to review as well. And we'll be picking that up in yeah. a couple of episodes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> let's, um, Given speaking of individual stocks, let's talk about some of the companies that have, I guess, shone this year. Because yeah. um, it's not all an AI hype bubble. Let's start in Australia.
1: So the biggest mover on the ASX greater than a billion dollars with a billion dollar market cap I should state, should say Ren is Liontown Resources up 124% year to date. And for people
0: who aren't familiar with Liontown, they are battery they're mining battery minerals, I think mainly lithium. They got two lithium projects and despite the lithium price falling a fair bit this year, the demand is still there and as they get these projects up and they, you know, get through, I guess, different stage gates in terms of building these mines and getting them to production, the market gets Well, they excited. may have,
1: they must have announced something because their sh- their share price jumped 80% at the end, towards the end of March.
0: That was a takeover offer that they rejected at $2.50. Well, so, that makes sense
1: because it jumped to, yeah, just just over $2.50 and there it's been hanging, the, hanging around ever since. Merger arbitrage. If only we'd
0: yeah, except they rejected it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so that's the best performer.
1: Yep. so that was ASX. Now, a few other notable names. Uh, Tech Darling Zero is up about 50% year to date and Wise Tech up 52%. Uh, add, add Appen in there
0: about 59% yeah, as well.
1: Zero um, came out with some positive news around subscribers and, uh, and revenue growth. In the travel sector, Flight Center is up 47%. Corporate Travel Management up 41%. And Webjet up twenty one percent, and uh, building supplies with, uh, it, with this is a bit interesting. But Brickworks up eighteen percent, Boral up thirty eight, and Reese up thirty three. I was surprised by this. Yeah, because despite what feels like a slowdown in, well, particularly new housing, but
0: yeah. So the ABS had numbers for April twenty twenty three, and they reported an eight percent fall in new housing starts. So the number of new projects being built, you would expect that would lower demand for some of these supplies. Mm. Obviously not.
1: No, it's funny. Some of these are big, big Australian companies, but it just goes to show the power of the fact that the top 20, 50% or whatever of our market is resources and and banks. And I think CBA is down for the year, ANZs. Pretty flat for the year.
0: Maybe it's um. So maybe Brickworks have a new AI powered brick. <laughs> <laughs> Bricks integrated with ChatGPT. Well, GPT. it's just unfortunate some
1: of these big companies uh, don't contribute. If you're in the, uh, you know what I mean, they don't get to shine through because of yeah, yeah. overweight. Anyway, and in housing, this is um, you know, interesting as well. Domain up 29%, and REA up 25%. The reason I say it's interesting is because really off the back of what you just said, a lot of their revenue is driven from listings. And listings are down significantly compared to, you know, even this this time last year, month on month, so...
0: I mean, yeah, but I also find it just thoroughly uninteresting. Like, REA Group fell about a third in 2022. It's just recovering some of that. It's just a high-quality company that is big enough that... People want in. Well, it's just like, you know, when the fear sort of subsided at the end of 2022, people bought back in. Yeah.
1: House prices they're not they're not they're not falling that's for sure anyway no
0: well last 3 months 3 consecutive months of price rises up 0.6% in mm. march 0.5 in april 1.2% in may mm. that hurts
1: does hurt yeah
0: especially cuz you're trying to buy a house i know
1: that's that's the average as well i would imagine yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. And then over in the US, Ren, there are a couple of comp- there are a few companies that have um, jumped over 100% year to date. I'm assuming that's with uh, over a billion dollar market cap as well. I
0: did over 10 billion for this one because nice. over there's too many over so a billion. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, so we've got Super Micro Computer is up 161%. A Palantir, good to see, up 114%. <laughs> Gosh, that's a volatile stock. DraftKings, which we've spoken about, uh, is up 112%. Meta. 110% and then unfortunately AMD, they just miss out up 98% but some big names there pumping out some incredible numbers.
0: And the biggest mover of all uh, was NVIDIA up 172% mm, so mm,
1: far. Crack, so far, yeah.
0: The AMD NVIDIA one is a, is a real classic example. It's something that you see over and over again in the share market and it's something that I've become quite mindful of. It's like the second place Company becomes very attractive. So in this instance, Nvidia is a leader in all these advanced uh, semiconductors and uh, chips and GPUs and stuff like that, and they have a massive um, share price rise up. And then everyone's like, oh, "We'll buy AMD because they haven't had the the run up yet." But time and time again, in the I guess not that long a period that we've been investing, we're reminded that like you want to own the best, mm. you don't want to own the second best. Mm. And like the classic example, two companies we just spoke about, REA Group and Domain, It's you know it was the same story with Afterpay and Zip. It was like Afterpay would have these incredible run up and then people would buy Zip thinking that it's going to follow Afterpay and it would follow in the same direction but never quite as well. And it's just a real reminder that there's a real power law in business. The best companies... Uh, keep their customers, attract new customers at a higher rate, get the best people, have the best product, mm. and it seems that you want to own the best.
1: Definitely. Yeah. Well, that's a good segue because uh, in my previous chats with Henry Wren, um, th- that that's one of the uh, he calls it the Amway effect, but it's um that's part of his thesis is if you have a you know a bunch of companies in front of you, he wants to. I'm the best.
0: Should I be your mentor?
1: (laughs) No, 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 no. I feel like there's
0: a lot of overlap between Henry and I today. (laughs) Bryce, one last note uh, about the U.S. market before we uh, get to your mentor session with Henry, because I'm excited to hear what you guys spoke about. It's worth noting the two-speed recovery in the U.S. at the moment. So we said earlier that the S and P 500 is up nine percent year to date, but within that, there's Two different stories going on. So the top five companies in the US, Apple, NVIDIA, Alphabet, Microsoft and Amazon have outperformed the S&P 500 by 30 percentage points.
1: Cumulatively or each?
0: Cumulatively. And then, so they're, they're the companies driving the s&p 500 if you take those five companies and add the next two biggest which i think is meta and tesla um and you take those seven companies out of the s&p 500 so bank of america ran these numbers the s&p 500 with those big seven companies up nine percent year to date take those seven companies out it's gotta be down it's up two percent oh so it's just it's just worth noting that um those big mega cap tech stocks are really driving the index. And underneath that, there's a few different stories playing out, few companies not doing as well. And
1: well, I feel like whenever you buy the S&P now, you're essentially buying the, the performance for the, for of the, the top yeah, seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Given that they make up an extraordinary almost 30% of the S&P or something stupid like that, isn't it? Yeah. They're just a overweight. The good news is though that
0: like as much as that is the case, there is a bit of churn like nvidia has forced its way into that yeah, tesla yeah. forced its way in a few years ago yeah that's the beauty of the index like these companies keep performing mm. and if they don't then you
1: own less and less of them mm. and uh, the big guys come through yeah yeah all right ren we'll uh we're going to take a quick break and then on the other side we're going to jump into my conversation with henry we've covered a lot of ground but uh we're going to specifically focus on Uh, Some of the ways in which he's approaching the AI bubble at the moment, a bit of conversation around timing of market sentiment and a few other bits and pieces. So let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. Welcome back to Equity Mates. We've just debriefed what's going on in markets around the world and some of the companies that have been performing well since the start of the year, despite some of the, uh, the market predictions that came from uh, some of the biggest banks uh, at the start of the year. But we, uh, if you've just joined us, Ren and I are embarking on a journey this year. We've publicly aligned ourselves with a, a mentor each uh, to, to track our, our journey of investing with them.
0: Aligned ourselves. Aligned. <laughs> so so <Pitch>. formal. <laughs> I know.
1: Business speak. We're pitching at the moment, so I'm in pitch mode, Ren. Uh, Henry Jennings is my mentor from Marcus Today, and uh, and Ren has Andrew Page from strawman.com. The overall objective of this is to learn new skills and obviously to become better investors uh, as we do it and to learn from our mentors and and understand how they approach investing. And, and you know, particularly during a time like this, where markets are a little bit more volatile. So uh, last time, Ren, Henry went through his investment process. So this time, my homework was to go away and use what's going on in the news. This is Henry reads every day. And he just like many investors, we speak to Andrew Brown, everyone, uh, they use what's going on what they read to sort of drive the top almost the top of the funnel to dig further and create a universe The bit of a top-down approach not a let's go to the screens and put in metrics and it's definitely not bottom up so that was my homework three things kind of came to mind we've discussed one of them on the show which is the concussion stuff the second was uh, record gold prices while we we're in the States. So I wanted to get his thoughts on uh, investing in gold, particularly because um, companies haven't been performing as well as you would think they would. And then thirdly, AI, which is what we're going to focus on today. But to start with, I asked Henry, Henry just to give us a recap of what he's seeing in markets at the moment, Ren.
2: Well, my view was always going to be that May was the sell in May and go away. Um, I think it's down around 2.5% for May. But it's not so much the fall. It's just the, well, the ASX anyway, the apathy. You know, we've had all these big issues swirling around, as you say, debt ceilings, regional banking problems, RBA. We've had uh, inflation numbers out recently as well. But the market hasn't really done a lot. Volumes have been very light. Uh, US has also been light. But until the whole AI phenomenon exploded a couple of weeks ago and it's only a couple of weeks really I mean I know it's been around for a long time but until that exploded there was really nothing that was exciting the market the US was going sideways our market was going sideways and we got the banking results out the way we got the budget out the way and then we were tied up with inflation and interest rate which is such an old story we've been talking about that for donkey's years now it seems And then we have the AI phenomenon that's come along. And that has just captured everyone's imagination. So everyone's looking around uh, for the next NVIDIA or the next winner out of this whole um, revolution, I guess, that's going on at the moment. And it's been fascinating to watch it. Obviously, we don't have the depth of companies in the ASX that the US has. So it's a lot harder. But I guess what the companies that we do have... People have gone quite hard in some of those companies in, in recent days. So it's been interesting. I guess, you know, as we head into June, uh, the tax loss issue comes into, uh, into play. And last June, the market was pretty horrible.
1: So, Ren, he spoke, speaks about the tax loss issue. I've got uh, a strategy that I'm going to play for you now, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this as a strategy. Keep in mind, we're here to learn new techniques and ways of investing. So, have a listen to this and let me know what you think.
2: You know, When we come in towards the end of the financial year, if, if you've had a dog and you've had something that's really doggy yeah. um, and that needs to be put down, June, people usually go through their portfolios and go, okay, well, this has been terrible. You know, I've had good profits on these, so let's crystallise some losses in the ones that have been really terrible. So they tend to, to just sell them, sometimes indiscriminately. Do you do that? Uh, I have done it in the past, yeah, yeah, without question. Um, and, you know, it, it's, it's prudent to do that. It's a good, It's a good discipline anyway to go through your portfolio for whatever reason whether that's uh, prompted by the end of financial year or just prompted by a quarterly review or even a monthly review or even weekly, what well, it doesn't matter. So that last June, we did see some of the dogs really get smacked really hard. And then in July, once that pressure, you know, once you take the hand uh, off the stock and it, it just bounces up, I mean, there's, there's many investment theories around about that, you know, the dogs are the Dow. You know, the dogs of this year will be the performers of next year. And as you come into the end of financial year or the end of calendar year, you get this sort of sell as people clear the decks. Um, it is a retail thing. It does tend to happen more in, say, the smaller caps, mid to small caps, where you've got retail guys and not much in the way of um, institutional. The instos themselves tend to chuck out the bad ones as well. So that can exaggerate things. And they also tend to puff up the good ones. Because they get paid by their performance on a yearly basis. So they just want to push it up. So they want to push up the ones that they've done well on, and they want to get out of the ones they've done badly on, so that when they write their end-of-year reports, they can quietly just drop off the ones that they do. Have you ever successfully traded the dogs of Dow, or whatever it was called? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah many times. Some of the stocks that you can, you can pick up towards the dog days of June. Usually it sort of peaks around mid-June. How um, do you identify? Is it just like search on... Worst performing in the last twelve months. Yeah, it is. Yeah, just just you know, just go through uh, either your own portfolio, obviously, but to go through uh, you know the ASX three hundred or whatever universe you want to pick and pick the ones that have just been absolute shockers and keep an eye on them because there may be that they get pushed down and down and down and down and then it's like a spring, you know. Come the first of July, new money comes into the market. People look around for things that have been. Uh, sold down because of tax loss, and then all the sellers disappear. Yeah, and then anybody wants to buy something, they they start to push them back up again.
1: Now, while I fundamentally disagree with this as a long-term investment play, <laughs> it's not the, it's
2: not a long-term investment play. I'm
1: really interested to just to just not maybe try it literally but have a look at maybe trying to identify some of these and seeing what happens in over the next six weeks or so yeah it's easy for me to filter on worst performing last 12 months asx 300 that's fine what do you then look for to see it on the other way is it
2: volumes in to see what is going to bounce or how do you i I guess it's a question of looking at the screen uh, to some extent looking at all the, the sellers that are piled up on the depth side of things um, and just looking at the price action if you know continually day in day out there's just that sell-down especially if they're thin as well if the volumes drop off you know the buyers will just pull back and the stocks will fill gaps down and down and down and then as soon as the, the selling for the tax loss finishes those buyers get emboldened, and step back in and suddenly the thing pops twenty percent now it is not a long-term strategy but but volatility generally can be your friend as long as you are prepared for it and you're not over-leveraged or you're playing you know, derivatives or something yeah. like that, CFDs yeah. or something, something that's going to carry you out without stop losses. So assuming that you haven't got that and you have got some cash, June can be a good time to pick up stocks that you like, keep an eye on stocks that you like that haven't performed very well and that suddenly get you know, that daily trickle. It's like the death of a thousand cuts you know, just down and down and down. And then at some stage, it'll start to turn and all the sellers will run a mile and ping up they go. Okay. I like that.
1: Do ya? <laughs> what do you
2: think?
0: Uh, I mean, <laughs> it's definitely not a long-term investment no, strategy, no. Um, but hey, it's your money. Uh, it sounds like you've got some dogs in your portfolio that you want to... Well, it,
1: it was a good reminder. I don't often just sell for the sake of it. But over the weekend, I have sold a couple of stocks that were, have been dogs in the portfolio
0: and with the intention of buying back in next year no so that was twofold so because we should be clear before we go on with this conversation mm. there are rules around this like it's a wash sale if yeah. You, yeah yeah is it like if you buy it back within 30 days or something
1: no so i think twofold for me yeah there definitely is rules around like that. that's tax yeah. that's yeah. illegal so firstly i took it as a good reminder to actually have a look and capture any capital losses for companies that I just genuinely don't want to have it in my portfolio anymore. Which, um, do you do that on a yearly basis? Do you sell out for...
0: Sorry, I missed a question. I'm looking up rules around wash sales.
1: <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you sell going into the end of a financial year for your dogs of the Dow? Or do you, like, how do you approach... No,
0: yeah. like, if I think, if my thesis is broken and I've lost money on something, I'll sell it at that point. And then I'll claim the capital loss at tax time.
1: Yeah, so there's a company in my portfolio where the thesis was broken... A while ago, but I've, um, I'm underwater eighty percent on it, or thereabouts. Um, Happen? No, <laughs> no I, didn't, I never owned Happen. and so I took this chance. I took this opportunity to, to, to get rid of it. But yeah, I, I don't, I don't sell. But I'm interested to see how this plays out. Um, I don't see it as a seller company from your portfolio and then buy it back in. I think what Henry was more talking about was see what companies have been smashed yeah, and yeah, then yeah. buy on the other side. yeah.
0: So um, to clarify that wash sale rule, uh, in America it's 61 days. So if you were down 80% on a stock, um, you could sell it and then 61 days later you could buy it and that would be okay. But if you bought it within that period and banked the tax benefit, that's a wash sale. In Australia, there's no set – time period quote it will depend on the overall circumstances so right don't don't sell for the tax loss and buy back in basically
1: yeah sell sell for the
0: tax loss if your thesis is broken and then separately exactly buy back in buy buy into stocks that have been beaten down
1: are on this under the spring yeah yeah it's finding what they are though i think that's still the tricky part
0: i mean like you could do you could screen for volume
1: you could that's what i think i'm going to do yeah so Following you could my, uh, yeah, like
0: set, like you could see the number of sell orders and yeah. how that changes over time yeah. and if there's a massive influx of sell orders right before the financial year and it's a stock that's been beaten down you can sort of see what's going on there yeah
1: yeah so that's going to be some of my homework i'm going to <laughs> I, no,
0: what's going to happen is you're going to try and execute this strategy you're going to find a stock that people are selling to crystallize the tax loss but it's going to be a stock that people don't believe in enough to buy back into. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, this is the thing. It's For me, it's about finding that window post-tax to figure out when to get back in. I think you need to do the volume on the way out as well. You know what I mean? Like you need to find-
0: Oh, once to where... have a lot of buy volume exactly, on the other yeah. side. Yeah, once, yeah,
1: yeah. Tax, once, once that year finishes, it's like, okay, I've got my list of what to keep an eye on of this list. Where are people starting to spring load on the other side? I think that's how- you want to play because you don't want to just blindly be like this is the worst performing stock of the ASX 300. Yeah. Well, or, or you could just say
0: up. forget the tax time, forget the sell momentum, just look for stocks that have heaps of buying momentum and buy them.
1: That are in the the list of beaten down.
0: No, no, I'm just saying, like, generally, you could just become a momentum oh, trader. Oh, that's just, yeah, that's yeah. momentum. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. Well, I was thinking about this the other day. So, the conversations we'd had with some of the traders and you looking at the 200 day moving ad- averages and stuff. So, I'll weave it in. It's a bit of homework I'm going to do over the next week. Okay, uh, I look, look forward in to the, seeing
0: that. Pick it, up in, <laughs> pick it up in the next
1: episode. So, Ren, we spent a bit of time talking about AI and how to build the universe. And, of course, it's something that is interesting. Um, Henry at the moment, and he's actively writing about it. But I, I asked him, how do you go and where, where to from here? Like he was one that got on the lithium boom quite early as well and, and rode the sentiment. And so this is a discussion where he's talking about sentiment and an approach that you can take when, uh, when markets are performing like they are in bubbles such as AI.
2: At the moment, this is all about sentiment. You know, we, we, you see this with, with lithium. We saw it last year with, with lithium in, you know, running into uh, the end of the year. It was all about sentiment. You only had to say you were a lithium company or you found some lithium or you, you, know, you even thought about finding some lithium and you were off to the races. Then the market gets more discerning. At the moment, we're in the chuck the money at the wall and it'll stick kind of phase, um, early days. That People will get more discerning as that unravels or unfolds. So for something like Brainship, which is market cap of 800 million bucks, and revenue less than the coffee shop across the road um, yeah, it's, it's kind of a stretch. Mm-hmm. Same with Webit Nano, but the market cap there is half of, uh, of Brainship. Then you've got, um, you know, the, there's other stocks in the sector, Appen which is one that I've been talking about uh, recently, um, has been an absolute dog of a stock.
1: Yeah, for context, it was, what, 40 bucks during COVID?
2: 40 bucks during COVID. $5 billion market cap founded by a husband and wife team back in 1996. And what does it do? Good question. Glad you asked. Have no idea. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, well, it, ori- it originally basically... Uh, when you look at things like Siri and Alexa and all those sorts of things, and you're talking to um, devices, it, it promoted itself that it had a million people that basically checked data and humanized data, cleans data or something. cleans data, humanizes yeah. it. Um, they've they've uh, their biggest customer really, although they never said it, um, which proved to be part of their undoing. From forty bucks to um, to two bucks was their low recently. Um, was Facebook Meta? And they did a lot of work for Facebook on the advertising side of things, um, and that was their biggest customer. Uh, and clearly when Mr. Zuckerberg pivoted towards the metaverse as opposed to uh, an ad slowed down, et cetera, uh, they suffered, and that's why they've you know, really struggled. They're now talking about pivoting, and they're, they're, they're specializing, I guess, in large data sets, in, in selling that data sets, those cleaned up data sets, those, those things that work. Um, with um, potentially with AI to companies, whether it works or not, we'll have to wait and see. But they've got a new CEO. They've got a, um, a currently they've got a one for six entitlement issue at a dollar eighty five, so they're raising sixty million bucks. But this is at the moment it's still sentiment because we haven't seen the runs on the board.
1: Okay, so is this still is this tech, so this is in your universe at the moment? Yeah, and
2: are you invested? Uh, we've been pushing Appen, and uh, I bought some brain chip... The other day... Uh, <laughs> as he uh, shakes his head. <laughs> well, well, only because, you know, as I say, it's got less revenue than a local coffee shop. But at the moment, as I say as well, it's the, it's the sentiment yeah, in the yeah, sector. Yeah. You know, you can chuck chuck it at the wall and it'll stick for the time being. You know, Webit, brain Brainship, Appen. Um, there's another one, 4DS, um, okay. which is kind of a bit further um, away. And then there's, of course, you start thinking about quantum computing, which, you know... Once we go to AI, the next step is quantum, which is still decades away. But then you look at a stock like Arch Materials, which has had a, a, a bit of a, a rise recently for no other reason than it is tech, AI-ish, quantum. You know, it's it's kind of in the same universe. But it's at the moment, it is all sentiment. It is all about, you know, what do we get hold of that's got... Exposure.
1: So, Ren, I think the challenge is then obviously finding companies that have the exposure. We obviously spoke at the top of the show. There's some here in Australia that are all rising off the back of it. But the conversation with Henry next week needs to be going from the companies that he listed there. He doesn't actually invest overseas in America, but um, is to whittle down and find some companies in this space that are actually a little bit more meaningful. Now, he hadn't heard of Adobe. So, uh, Like hadn't I heard mean, of it at all? He knew, the, he knew what it was. <laughs> he hadn't heard about their AI stuff? He hadn't heard about their Did AI stuff. Did you show him stuff. a video? Uh, I've sh- I showed him a, him a video, yeah. Nice. I've got a recording here of, um, of uh, me telling him about Adobe, so let's give it a crack. Now, I don't know if you've seen the capabilities of their latest Photoshop, but it is mind-blowing yep. in that you can have a picture... Henry sitting at the podcast studio and behind you is a window with a plant with a shirt on and I can circle your shirt and say, make it a cashmere jumper and remove the background and make it look like we're sitting on a sunny beach in Bali. Boom. Boom.
2: I know, it, it is amazing. Next time, when you do that, can you do make Henry ten kilos lighter? <laughs> uh, because that would be handy. It'd be handy if that could happen in real life. Uh, but yeah, it, it is. It is just absolutely frightening the potential of this. When you when you put the the chip, whether it's an Nvidia chip or whoever, with the, with the application like a, Adobe, and you become a coder or a programmer yourself, and you can you have that ability, it is mind-blowing.
1: Now, let's also take Adobe because I want to go away and do a bit of work, but um, I also recently saw the incredible transformation that they've gone through from changing from a one-off purchase of Photoshop through to an ongoing yearly subscription. And we use it here in the business, paying 40 bucks a month or whatever it is. And the, the investors love that transition to recurring subscriber revenue. They do. They do. So Ren, where I've left this with Henry is I want to obviously get to the point of making an investment. That's the whole point of doing this. Yep. So there's two approaches here. One, Henry is saying, throw money at the wall and see what sticks. Now, of course, well, he's not saying that, but it's a, a rising tide lifts all boats scenario. Now you could try and find an ETF, I guess, that gives you the best exposure to AI and artificial intelligence, or you could say, you know, I ten percent of my portfolio, I want to split up and put in as many of the stocks as possible.
0: Or you just say it seems like Google and Microsoft are the two companies or- that are driving this. <laughs> so I'll just stick with that. Yes, <laughs> yes.
1: Henry thinks that we are obviously still in the very early stages of what this you know, of this of this bubble and that there's still plenty of sentiment that's gonna drive it on on the up. He said obviously the hardest part is knowing when to when the sentiment changes. But for me, um, it's, not a, it's not an approach that I feel co- like majorly comfortable with, just taking just take a random shots. just saying here's five companies that are loosely connected to this and I'm going to put it in and, and, and see what happens. Now, if you'd said that with lithium, then you probably would have left some money on the table because it did happen in that space. But I think for me, it's like at least we've now got a bit of a universe with an area of the, the market that has a lot of – encouraging tale. so
0: can i just recap your and henry's uh mentored session to date yeah uh you have you've spoken about two different strategies the first strategy is to uh wait until the new financial year and invest in some of the absolute worst (laughs) of the worst companies that are unloved and out of favor but might uh, catch a bid in the new financial year after everyone's done their tax loss selling that's uh, strategy one. Strategy two is let's find the most hyped, most loved parts <laughs> of the market and try and ride the hype wave <laughs> and pick the right ones.
1: Yeah, and then we meet in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> no, the first one is a is a tactical timing piece, as I said. In it the, feels
0: like the second uh, one's a tactical I, timing I, <laughs> thing as well.
1: Well, no, the second one now, is, it's as like I said, catch like, the I bubble
0: think and get out before it bursts.
1: Well, as I said, it's not a, an approach that I I feel like is one that i i want to go down but what it has done is created or built like a i guess a a list of stocks that now can probably go to the next stage and be a little bit like like in a bit more detail and like does this actually have potential like he speaks of appen and and says they've they've genuinely changed they've changed management new ceo they're cashed up like there are some tailwinds from a business point of view that we probably need to look in further beyond just the sentiment of AI that is helping these companies at the present. And so I think that's the next conversation to have with Henry, which is we've now got a list. We've got an, uh, a universe to look into. Let's go that step further and either rule them off the list or potentially take them to the next step. Because How do you, how do you think about
0: circle of competence here? Like, do you reckon you're going to be in a position to be like, this is real, this is hype and stuff like that in AI?
1: If I think about that verse, l- l- uh, confidence of, say, confidence of, say, the blockchain, I've probably feel like a little bit... I can, s- Like, you can see what Adobe have done with AI. You can yeah, see yeah. what ChatGPT is doing. Like, I've experienced it, used it. In terms of the the hardcore stuff, no. But, like, there are... There are companies with practical use cases of using AI that I can see and probably understand the impact of that more than companies saying we're going to put blockchain in. Do you know what I mean? So I, f- I yeah, feel, yeah. I feel like, um, I feel like it's not something that's too foreign.
0: Yeah, I think the thing for me is like the Adobe stuff is epic, but like right now as we record and what we've seen from Adobe, the AI stuff isn't transformational from a business analysis point of view like you're still analyzing it as a software as a service company you know you were talking about their transition to monthly subscriptions rather than one-off software payments you're still uh, analyzing it as a design tool relative to its key competitors you know canva maybe like a i don't know like a figma or something like that like you're not it's a cool feature, but it's not a new business. No, no. And I, 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 I'm struggling to think of a business where outside of NVIDIA and AMD and like the chip makers and those picks and shovels plays, I'm struggling to think of where a company's integrated AI and it's like a new business. Like to go right back to where we started, like Temple and Webster used ChatGPT to rewrite all of its product descriptions. Cool feature, not a new business. Uh, Doe integrating it into their micro-investing platform. Not a new business. Cool feature, maybe. Um, so for me, it's still like you ride the hype, but the analysis doesn't really change yeah. yet. Yeah. Yet. That might change at some
1: point. Yeah, a lot of it's just AI-powered functionality.
0: It's like, how, yeah, how do we just do what we're already doing with AI? Mm. What I'm really excited to see, and I think what will really be the crescendo of this hype bubble is when we start seeing new Things. new businesses yeah. yeah like Adobe here's our new AI product suite that didn't exist anymore and we think we're going to be able to get 10 million subscribers paying a hundred dollars a month for it yeah and then you know it's another billion dollar business unit
1: yeah yeah so we pl- we covered a lot of ground, rent. I'm going to leave it there because I've got some homework. I'm going to pull my list of June stocks and come next episode. Uh, this is going to be oh, with some a, dogs. With some dogs, Yep. <laughs> dogs of the Dow. Who let the dogs out? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to come with some dogs.
0: Can we stop calling them dogs of the Dow? <laughs> 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 Australian, you're going to be looking at Australian look stocks, at Aussie, right? Yeah, you could yeah. you could do dogs could of the Dow do. and find some Americans ASX as well. Yeah.
1: yeah. And I'm going to have a bit more of a look at Adobe, but the main thing will be to, given the timeliness of this. Uh, the tax loss stuff—that's going to be my short-term focus—and see just if it plays out. You've got a month. I've got a month, yeah. So I'll keep—I'll keep, I'll keep that—I'll keep you posted on that front. We also did go into some conversation around lithium uh, capital preservation and Henry's thoughts on housing and also gold producers. So plenty of stuff that I'm. Gonna gonna let's punch out the, a housing clip quickly. I'll, no, no, it's it's quite. There's a lot there, so I'll, okay, I'll, okay. I'll bring it um, next week um, because it's it's not so timely, and uh, there's some good stuff in there. So I'll I'll pick it up next week. But enjoying this, looking forward to uh, your next conversation with Andrew,
0: mate. Given how long uh, it's going to take to get through this episode, <laughs> 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 no, it's good. It's um, it's uh, yeah, I'm enjoying this mental. We stuff need
1: a way, way to be able to provide the mates community with just the raw un. Unfiltered conversation Pre-
0: Premium feed.
1: Potentially, because of what I've just played, it's like six minutes out of an hour and a half. So if you um, guys
0: want to listen to the full conversations with Andrew and Henry, let us know.
1: True. Hit and us up.
0: I- if there's enough interest, we'll figure it out.
1: Yeah, hit us up. Equity mates, uh contact at equitymates.com or hit yeah. us on our socials. But we'll leave it there. We're we're back um, we're back next week. More mentored, more market updates, plenty to to discuss. If you could uh, leave a, a review, rate and review on your iPhone iTunes, I should say, that would be really appreciated. I don't
0: think it's called iTunes anymore. It's Apple Podcasts.
1: Uh, is it? Oh, yeah, true. <laughs> Apple Music. Anyway, whatever or, platform or
0: Spotify. Spotify now let you do reviews or just yeah. tell a friend about us. Uh, yeah. Word of mouth is the best way for any podcast to grow, and um, much like our portfolios, we're always looking to grow.
1: Yes, love it. All right, Ren, we'll, we'll pick it up next week. Sounds good Before acting on general advice, you should consider if it is relevant to your needs and read the relevant product disclosure statement. And if you're unsure, please speak to a financial professional. The hosts of this podcast and their guests may have positions in the companies mentioned. EquityMates Media operates under an Australian Financial Services Licence 540697.